the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Claire and I are all for tackling loaded topics here in the podcast, from cracking open your wedding finances to ensuring your day falls in line with your feminist values. And today's topic is a perfect example because we're discussing sustainable weddings. As much as we're here for the style, the flowers, and of course, the flowing bubbly, there's no denying that weddings can be extremely wasteful affairs. That's right. Between the flights, the food, and the single-use wedding dress, it may be a bit taboo to say it, especially as people who work in weddings, but every wedding should probably come with a sustainability audit. And hopefully today's episode will help you do your own. We're not here to shame anyone or make you feel guilty about your choices or insist you wear a linen gown ditch your bouquet. Instead, we've come up with practical elements every couple can include in their day. I think we've all been that guest at a wedding who, or maybe it's just me, who (laughs) looked around at the end of the night and went, why are there like 180 plastic favour boxes being like tumbled into a bin by the venue staff this is outrageous waste yeah or when you think of like a huge ornate flower arrangement and you're wondering what's going to happen to that tomorrow. yeah it's probably not easy to like drop that off you know at a hospital <laughs> to patients yeah, or a person don't home. want the like orchid backdrop probably dismantling <laughs> it is enough man hours to you know justify just like tipping it into some kind of compost which is (laughs) sad to say but this is the reality of the situation it is so I think today's chat will just be about thinking about the different elements of your wedding and how maybe you can tweak them to make it a little bit more sustainable less wasteful yeah and if you can take one or two elements from this episode I think you'd be doing well one fab day expert wedding tips. One of our very favourite things about hosting this podcast is having a place to pass on all of the little tips and insights we've gleaned from our day job. That's why we offer up a helpful nugget in every episode. So Claire, it is your turn to choose a tip this week. Yeah, so we've talked before about how you need to spell things out for your guests and create a wedding day timeline and let people know what's happening next. And I think part of that as well is directing them around your day. So having lots of signage and directions for the elements of your day that you want people to zone in on or parts of your venue that you want your guests to see. So a lot of times a venue will have like a cool little snug or she bean or something like that. Or you might have long games outside, but your drinks are based inside and you want people to know they're there. Or it might be something like there's a photo booth and you want to make sure people use it. So signage has become quite trendy in recent years. But I think sometimes couples just like put a nice quote or Mm. have a welcome sign. And I think it's worth thinking about ways to like direct your guests around your day and make the most of the space that you're obviously paying a lot of money for. Yeah, because I've often heard people say like there was an ice cream truck. You know, I didn't even know about this, Uh, about loads of different things. The couple probably put loads of time into planning and possibly money as well. Um, Signage isn't necessarily just a pretty piece of calligraphy although it can be that as well it actually serves a purpose yeah definitely like we put loads of effort into putting signs around our day but we forgot that the venue had this little room off to the side of a courtyard where they lit a fire and there were couches in there and luckily Which I never at any yes. point saw <laughs> and like luckily a bunch of aunties found it and it was a nice kind of alternative to the dance floor if that wasn't your bag but it was only kind of halfway through we realized that oh, we should probably tell a bunch of the other aunties that there's people Yeah, have a big sign that says like, snug if you need to get away for a minute or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it's worth just thinking about your venue, thinking about the different elements of your day and how to flag those with your guests and make sure they're aware of all the options. And make sure they make the most out of your day. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.
So on to today's main topic, sustainable weddings. I guess it's worth saying upfront that sustainable is our kind of umbrella phrase for anything environmentally friendly, ethically sourced or made with minimal waste. So today we'll be covering everything from who makes your wedding dress to where your dinner comes from, as well as talking through some easy swaps you can make throughout your day. As we mentioned, we have no desire to keep you up at night stressing over your choice to serve beef at your wedding. That said, when I was researching our sustainable weddings feature last year, one site suggested that a wedding can produce as many CO2 emissions as five people would in an entire year. So as people who eat, sleep and talk about weddings for a living, we'd be remiss if we didn't start a discussion about how to reduce the environmental and ethical impact of your wedding. We want to give you a constructive pick and choose list of ways you can be more mindful in your wedding planning from selecting suppliers who share your environmental ethos to ensuring everyone on your wedding received a fair wage or making considered choices about things like the food, the flowers, the style and the decor. And we have to make a quick disclaimer before you and possibly we as well descend (laughs) into a spiral of shame. Uh, In the same way that there's no such thing as a perfect wedding, there's definitely no such thing as a perfectly ethical or sustainable wedding. Planning a wedding that's waste-free, eco-friendly and fair trade is such a daunting task that most couples don't even try. So cut yourself some slack. The very fact that you've hit play on this podcast episode shows that you're more conscientious than most. Um, Know that you can't solve the climate crisis with your wedding, but also know that there are some things that you can do through your choices that will not only help reduce the impact of your wedding, but maybe even inspire other couples to do the same. Yes. So I guess we should get started with where you're having your wedding, um, whether that's in your local hotel or in a chateau in France. Yeah, this is probably the one that has the biggest impact if we're being really honest yeah so i guess it's about thinking about the plane trains and automobiles that your guests will have to take and you'll have to take to get there yeah looking at your guest list who's going to be traveling and you know if you're all going to be traveling or how you can eliminate as much traveling as possible yeah and again this isn't saying you can't have your destination wedding in spain but maybe If you live in Ireland, choose Spain over flying 200 people to Barbados. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's definitely um, a way to be mindful about the location you choose and just sort of run through it quickly in your head, like how much traveling is involved for me and for everyone else. Yeah, and you can always include, say you're having your wedding in your country, but a bit far away, you can include a carpool option on your website or you could organise a bus to bring all your guests together so they're not travelling in individual cars. Yeah, that'd be a great thing to outsource to like someone in the wedding party is like, could you set up a few WhatsApp groups and organise some carpools and stuff like that? That's something that you don't need to do yourself necessarily. Someone who's dying to give you a hand could take over and sounds small, but could, you know, have a significant impact on how much emissions are going on with your wedding and then I guess after you've decided the general location the next decision will be the venue and there is definitely a lot of measures you can take here to make your wedding a little bit more environmentally friendly yeah so we have come up with a few questions that you can ask your venue obviously if that is of the utmost importance for you so you could ask them things like how do they dispose of their food waste where do they source their ingredients if they're catering the meal as well what their policy on recycling and plastics are, what kind of cleaning products they use, if they're involved in any green or charity initiatives. I think what's amazing is that farm to fork is so trendy and the kind of locally sourced seasonal things across food, flowers and even favours, that's all become really trendy, which is great because it means it's accessible. So you might not be doing it because it's trendy, you might be doing it because you really care about the environmental impact of your wedding. 
but it just means that a lot of venues in particular will have heard couples talk about this and will be already on the bandwagon. Yeah, a lot of venues will kind of already have it included in their offering and will have made a part of their ethos and their brand. So it's a good idea to just look for venues who do it already rather than having to nudge your local hotel to dispose of the food waste differently. Um, So yeah, it's wise to maybe look at venues that already have that ethos and then go from there. It's actually really easy to tell as well because most of those types of venues, they really push that and they'll be out and proud about it on their website. Mm. They'll be going on about it too when you have your viewing and everything. And I think it's easy to tell when a venue isn't so interested in that as well, just by walking into some of the rooms and seeing how it works. But that is definitely something to consider. Again, we're not saying like ditch your dream venue because it doesn't have the exact plastics policy that you want (laughs) yeah but it's definitely something to consider especially if you're between three or four venues and Mm. you're like "Mm, I like them all I'm not sure which to go for or you're at the very early stage yeah go for the one that has the built-in vegetable patch I love that though it's so (laughs) adorable I'm such a sucker for that kind of stuff yeah it's a nice touch and while we're talking vegetable patches another big way that you can change up the impact of your day is by having an environmentally conscious menu so i think that's a huge thing that i've seen anyway at weddings is there does tend to be a lot of food waste and again you shouldn't beat yourself up too much because if you ever look around at most restaurants any kind of commercial catering setup there will be some food waste that's the nature of it but it's good to know that there are things you can do to reduce the food waste. So I guess the first thing is to, well, obviously, if your venue does your catering, you've already discussed that with them. But if mm. you're having an external caterer, find a company that has a sustainable ethos and where they source organic local ingredients. Yeah, that may sound obvious, but anything that they can get as locally and in season is really, really a great way to just ensure that you're looking out for the environment that you're reducing the impact of your wedding and likewise the ingredients that they import should be ideally fair trade and ethically produced of course we have to shout out a vegan or veggie menu now i know that won't suit everyone and that's completely fine as well but what i would say to people who wouldn't consider a veggie menu is think about doing a 50 percent veggie menu Mm. i always think that like carnivores like myself sometimes get left out of the conversation but you can really reduce your impact by reducing how much meat you actually eat so if you just think okay I really want to have this one amazing show-stopping lamb dish or whatever just think about well maybe I'll make the starter and all the side dishes veggie as well something as small as that can have a big impact and you know you'll feel like you're doing something a little bit extra yeah definitely and the right caterer will be able to get creative with vegetarian courses so there's no need to worry about oh yeah absolutely your guests will go mad for it when it comes to the booze if you're able to source your wine from a local winery if you live somewhere that produces wine um, maybe not in Ireland no. although I think there are Irish wine producers so just one or two yeah there are there's a lot of blueberry and strawberry wine here oh yeah delicious. but English wine is really nice if you live in the UK um, and you can also look for maybe organic or biodynamic wines as well likewise with beer get in touch with your local brewery distilleries things like that and um, yeah. just to reduce the carbon footprint of Chance, your alcohol chances are wherever you live there will be a craft brewery nearby that yeah. you'll be able to work with and talk to the people who are doing your bar it might be your venue or you might be outsourcing bar people for your wedding depending on the kind of day you're having just talk to them about it and just I think it's good to just be upfront with your suppliers and be like, listen, I'm really trying to eliminate waste. I'm trying to give my wedding a bit of a sustainability audit. Is there anything you can do? And 99% of the time they will have 
solutions and they might actually know better than you as well yeah. like you're not expected to be an expert in all of these areas yeah but they might say well actually there is a local wine producer that's really good and they're only like new and people don't know about them you know they'll have ideas for you so definitely talk to your suppliers about this kind of thing and again I don't think this is a measure that's going to affect your day in any way and actually it'll add a nice artisanal touch again it's trendy to shop locally it's trendy to go to a craft brewery so it's not as if your guests are going to be like where's the insert name of commercially (laughs) (laughs) well-known beer here I think with a lot of these things, there will be guests probably like myself who, if I'm at a wedding where there's been a real conscious effort made, I'll be really excited. And we've had a few weddings like that on our side, actually. Mm. And uh, definitely I've loved reading about how the couples really like worked with their various vendors to try and make their wedding a bit more ethical. But the people who don't care won't notice the difference. No, they won't. You know, so I wouldn't be worrying about any any of the changes we've suggested really probably won't make that huge of a difference. No, they're what a definitely great day you have. subtle to the guest's experience. Yeah. If you're doing food truck or any kind of casual dining, it's easy to start bringing in plastic forks mm. and the paper plates that have the shiny side and yeah. cups they and things like that. can be recycled. Yes. So it's worth looking into more sustainable options. So obviously there's bamboo and wood and things like that. So again, just talk to your caterer or source your own. Um, there's lots of options out there. So, you so don't many of the food trust people do those more eco-friendly uh, like tableware for want of a better word as well so um, you definitely will be able to find someone yeah likewise avoid anything like plastic straws um, napkins with a lot of bleach in them cups things like that just kind of look across your day and see if there's any elements where you can avoid that maybe I don't know your guests are traveling by bus from one venue to the other and you were going to hand out plastic cups swap yeah. them for paper ones yeah you can definitely make a few small swaps just by thinking about where all the food and drink is coming from on the day mm. Minimizing food waste, um, again, you should talk to your caterer or the venue or whoever's providing the meal. In some cases, a buffet might work better. Um, family style is really trendy Family as well. style tends to minimize waste. Again, your specific caterer will know best because they'll have the experience with that exact meal. Mm. Um, and it's also worth saying as well, um, you know, can you make sure that any leftovers go to a good home? Can you offer them to, let's say, the band or any other vendors who are still there, the videographer, or the yeah, photographer set, maybe? Yeah, send it home with the wait staff if they yeah. want to take anything. Yeah. And then I think as well, thinking about what you can carry over to day two. So obviously vendors will be extremely cautious about food safety. But if there's anything that can be used the second day, definitely things like the cake, the cheese board, maybe the hog roast. I would say dessert is an area to think about as well, Mm. because I personally do not understand this. But often at weddings, you see a lot of people don't touch the dessert. Crazy. Um, (laughs) I cannot get on board with these people i don't understand i've no understanding of your life or um your sugar cravings or like i'm the person who's asking the person sitting next to me if they're gonna eat their dessert oh yeah yeah. i would happily do like six times of that Mm. um but i know some caterers actually just produce less desserts because they are well aware that a lot of people don't eat them and i also think that a cake table is a great idea for that because if they're homemade you have a good way of sort of being able to say to people, oh, do you want to take that home the rest of it? Or again, like you said, for day two, you can always figure out a system for ask someone to be in charge of it, wrap them up and then take them out again for day two. As well, there's more of a grazing element. So people who might want dessert straight after the meal might go up and have some an hour later. It does seem like more dessert is eaten. Um, 
when there's a, a table that's left out for a few hours. Oh, we've all seen people going back for seconds and thirds. We've all been the people going back <laughs> for seconds and thirds. I usually just go for a first that's enormous. <laughs> just like a plate by a time. So while we're talking about the sweet stuff, cakes, how can we make them a bit more sustainable? So again, definitely work with your vendor on this one. Um, in most cases, they'll be delighted to hear that you're interested in um, their ingredients and how they source them. And you can just ask them about things like locally sourced ingredients, organic ingredients, fair trade ingredients. Um, and also consider maybe if there's a way to make your cake seasonal. Now, this might not always work out, obviously, if you want a chocolate cake. It's probably not, you're not going to have a seasonal element. But you can always try and dress it with fresh fruit mm. and think about how you dress the cake as well. Because, you know, I've seen a lot of couples who have a cake topper. Obviously, that's very important to lots of people. You not implying that you would ditch it all together but you can have the kind of cake topper that you can then keep in your home put on your mm-hmm. mantelpiece or something like that so think about it from the point of view of the person who's baking it but also how it's decorated yeah i think like putting it on a nice rustic log plinth and then like decorating it with some fresh fruit that then gets Will included get and gets served out is a really nice way of making it a little bit more sustainable yeah and delicious absolutely but yeah the lesson there really is to talk to your baker about your options yeah and you could always consider um a vegan cake as well i've actually seen loads of wedding cake bakers offer vegan options lately Mm. and i have eaten many vegan cakes in my life and if a professional's making it it's delicious i don't know if i'd trust myself to make one. i've tried some of your work it's not bad that lemon elderflower (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's not that bad it's fabulous Listen, it's it's a different experience, okay? But um, yeah, it's definitely worth considering uh, if your baker does offer that. And maybe just say, oh, I'd like to taste one at my tasting. You yeah. don't have to necessarily book it, but just be open to these things. That's it. Stationery. So this is an area where a lot of couples have already started cutting back. Now, we're absolute suckers for oh yeah gorgeous paper goods. And it would be a hard thing for me to ditch. But I think it's worth talking about how you might invest in one really statement showpiece, maybe your wedding invitation, and then opt for digital for your save the dates or your RSVPs. Have you been at a wedding before where it was all digital? No. Because I think you'll cry if that happens. I might. <laughs> Claire is like waiting for the postman to come to be like experiencing I'm just here the to envelope. Save the stationery industry. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And maybe an invitation isn't the way to go for you. Like maybe you've decided, oh, I'd love to get them to make like a really personal little card to put at each place setting or Mm. whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, the invitation. That is obviously a nice one. And it's one that a lot of people use as a keepsake. Like Mm. I always keep all my wedding invitations. But I think that's a really good compromise is to choose one and go big on it. And then everything else from the day you can do digitally like we love the wedding websites we're mm. always harping on about them they're yeah. so handy great for information gathering so yeah see if there's a, a good compromise for you between digital and hard copy and talk to your stationer about maybe recycled papers and non-toxic inks things like that that they might be able to incorporate to make the paper that you do use that little bit better for the environment and your stationer as well if they are making that one piece of stationery for you you might ask them to maybe make an illustration if they do that or a graphic or something that you can then use digitally to brand your wedding across you know if you're sending out emails to people going here's the story for day two or whatever and you can put that in with the email and people will feel like they're getting a stationary experience yeah and that way there's a bit of continuity and style about the whole thing and it's not quite as sterile as a whatsapp message (laughs) yeah which you know 
also you do you if you want to have a whatsapp message yes. for day two it sounds like <laughs> a lot of effort <laughs> maybe an email saying please don't text me five minutes before the barbecue yes uh, is a better option but yeah and also for things where one sign will do rather than creating 50 say for a menu that you could print the menu out on a big sign or paint it onto a palette or something like that rather than printing out menus for each individual guest that's a great tip because it immediately saves you like 200 pieces of paper yeah um depending on how many guests you have and timeline as well even um i love a ceremony booklet but you could Mm -hmm. always you know make a sign that has just a rough kind of breakdown of the ceremony that people can feel you know engaged or whatever in the ceremony they know what's going on but it's not another 200 booklets that are going out and actually loads of couples have told us that they keep the signage in their house like we had a couple this week who had I think they had the menu um, calligraphied onto a mirror and they have it in their house and they can't bring themselves to wipe it it off which is very sweet that's nice yeah so yeah there's lots of ways that you can Still support the stationery industry while also being environmentally friendly. Claire will cry if she doesn't get wedding invitations in the past. So please keep Claire's hopes alive. (laughs) We should obviously talk about style and fashion because that's a big area where the sustainability conversation is ongoing. Yes. You are already an advocate for sustainable style. I am. You've eschewed all fast fashion in recent years. I have been clean from fast fashion for, I think it's five years now. Whoa. Um, So you won't catch me in H&M. But um, it's a tricky business. But you Mm. know what? In weddings, actually, it's much easier to do the sustainability thing than it is in your day-to-day life. Because, you know, underwear and socks and things are a nightmare to figure out. But when you're talking about one dynamite outfit... You chances are have a bigger budget anyway to work with, which yeah. automatically means that you have a better chance of getting something that's ethically made with ethically sourced fabrics, which is the good news. The bad news is that you can't just assume that every wedding dress is completely ethical because it's yeah. not necessarily. No. But there are lots of great options. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, anything that's bespoke, that's made just for you, tends to be made in an ethical way. But I guess it's all about asking questions of the people who are either selling you the dress or making the dress and asking them where everything comes from. And I've been on a few um, wedding dress appointments with pals and I always ask them about where things are made and that information's always easier to gather mm. when you're talking about a high-end garment, which even a wedding dress that's on the cheaper end of the scale is still probably considered a high-end garment by most people because it's still probably a couple of hundred quid. Um, so the information is more readily available than trying to figure out, like, where can I get a bra that's not made in Bangladesh? So definitely ask those questions. Chat to the person in your boutique. They'll definitely know because it's a big part of what they do is sort of selling the story as mm. well of yeah. the garment as well as obviously the beautiful image of it so they'll know who makes it where it's made where the fabrics come from um and they'll be able to answer your questions so yeah. going in with i suppose a list of questions is probably my number one tip yeah one of my favorite things about bridal fashion is it's one of the last elements of the fashion industry where regular people still support like artisan makers Mm. because it's the one time you allow yourself the budget to do so yeah so you're probably never going to own a dress that has hand beading Mm. but you might on your wedding day so it's kind of 
one of the last areas where those craftspeople still have a role to play. So it's really, really good to be able to support them if you can at all. Yeah, definitely. Because um, in all seriousness, those crafts are sort of dying out around Mm. the world. Like every kind of area of the world has its speciality in the whole garment world. So it's great to be able to support that. And I mean, if you're supporting it by wearing like a beautiful dress that (laughs) is worth more than, you know, any other thing in your wardrobe, it's a win-win. Why not? If you're on a bit of a budget or if you want to go one further, you can always look for vintage, rental or secondhand dresses. They're all great options. Um, There's obviously loads of charity shops. There's a lot of dedicated bridal charity shops. Yeah, which um, will have great selection. Yeah, so the likes of Bernardo's and Oxfam have their own shops so that you can go there and you'll still have the same boutique experience. There's a lot of vintage bridal shops as well that are worth checking out and you can shop secondhand online, particularly if you have a designer or a specific dress in mind. If you start early and give yourself a few months, you might be able to find one. Now, don't get your hopes up yeah. for a specific dress but you might be able to find something that's close to what you have in mind that was pre-worn and the thing with bridal is you know that if it is pre-worn it was only worn once yeah exactly so you know it's going to be in great nick and nobody will be able to tell the difference that's the thing is that we have brides on the site and we're looking at pictures of them all day long and we would never guess no. that they got their dress in Bernardo's or it's actually the most expensive dress we've ever had on the site or it's their mom's dress. You know, yeah. we can never tell um, at the outset from the photos and the guests in the day can't either. No. So I suppose just think about if this is important to you, ways that you can kind of open up your wedding dress shopping yep. experience. Likewise for the rest of the wedding party, bridesmaids and children's wear, you can always borrow as well. If there's a friend you have and you loved their bridesmaids dresses, maybe talk to them about if you could use them for your wedding. Likewise children's wear. I know this isn't going to be one for everyone. Again, this why is this very much a pick and choose. Yeah. But I do think that that could be a good one that will also save you money. Yeah. And because the mix and match trend is so big at the moment, it mm. makes it easier to do those things. So let's say if your friend had two bridesmaids and one of the dresses, she's willing to give you the dresses, but only one of them will really fit one of your bridesmaids. That's like a huge step that you've made to try and yeah. borrow one of them. And then for your second or third bridesmaid, you know, you can happily go off and get them new things. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's just a little compromise yeah. where you can make it. For menswear, I would say as well, like, as you know, I'm a big advocate for if you have one chance in your life to have a bespoke suit or a made to measure suit, yes. like do it because genuinely you will wear it for two decades. Yeah you'll be able to get it altered either cheaply or for free and it will re- it's a really sustainable way to shop even mm-hmm. though I know it sounds insane obviously I'm not going in to get myself a bespoke suit every day <laughs> but if I was a groom I would and yeah. I'd be like look I've got the extra budget it's a special mm. day this is great but again definitely look into rental options if you're on a budget because again unless you're really going very statement you're going to be able to find a beautiful black blue grey suit yeah in a rental store yeah um, and your guests won't know the difference no and you can talk to your groomsmen about the suits they already have and see if there's ways that they can rewear what they have I think that's a great idea and you can again tie them together by using one or two accessories that Mm. you maybe do buy new and that's like a gift you can give them for example actually in Ireland and the UK there are loads of groomswear accessory brands that produce ethically made things like ties and pocket squares and stuff like that so that's a way to tie them all together they maybe are all just wearing a navy suit 
but you will look cohesive as a group and yeah. you'll have supported a local business. For guests, I know I, as a wedding guest, it's always tempting to buy a new dress for every single wedding, but it's worth, if you really don't want to, I understand if you're going to the same group of weddings and these people see you every couple of weeks at a wedding you mightn't want to wear the same dress twice in a row but then like reach out to your friends maybe swap dresses see if there's anything you can borrow or even borrow shoes or hair accessory or something that'll change up your look I do think that's just a great general rule for life because often I can't find something in the shops and my friend has it and I'm yeah. like I don't know how that magic works but it does like I gave you a bag for the last wedding we were and it at. was the exact bag I was looking for and couldn't find anywhere exactly and I had had it and never worn it like <laughs> you need, we need to open up these conversations we guys. do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely for guests I would say don't go in with the opinion that you have to have a new thing yes or all new things like new bag new shoes new dress yeah just think about it. Think about, will anyone care? Will anyone notice? Probably not. No. Um, definitely, um, you have more options than buying a new dress for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Particularly if the dress that you're thinking of wearing you wore to a wedding a year ago or two years ago, really genuinely, no one will probably notice. And also, if you looked fabulous in it then, you'll, you'll look, look fabulous, fabulous in it now. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. There are some dedicated sustainable brands for brides as well going back to wedding dresses for a moment that are worth checking out so we should probably include a few links to those in the show notes we will and we are working on a post on that as well Mm. so we have a few that we're already familiar with but we're going to go deep and look for a few more so hopefully by the time this is out we'll have a feature live on that and it's worth saying as well after your wedding you can do something sustainable with your dress whether that's donating it selling it and maybe donating the money from it there's a really good organization called brides do good who gives some of the proceeds to help prevent child marriages and so at least then your wedding dress is going towards fighting against child marriage somewhere else and it's really doing good with your dress Mm. and whether you've bought a new dress or bought a secondhand one yourself i think it's worth saying that you know with each point that we bring up don't immediately assume like oh well i've already got my eye on a dress and it's this exact dress and there's no way I'm budging from it so Mm -hmm. definitely this whole section about style doesn't apply to me because it absolutely does there's ways to do good as you said with your dress after you've worn it there's ways you can think about your accessories the other dresses you're buying for bridesmaids just be open to all of the options that are available to you yeah definitely from the shoes to the jewellery you can get things that are either sustainably made borrowed jewellery and accessories are a particularly easy thing to borrow and add a nice story to your day and most brides love to have a piece of heirloom jewellery on and yeah. it's or something borrowed. Like there are so many opportunities in a wedding that you don't usually get in your ordinary life to support like amazing businesses, amazing charities and as well to like reuse something or to, you know, tap your mom for some of her jewels. Yes. Of course. <laughs> the best bit. So flowers. Yes. Now. I mean, if it was up to me, we'd all just be getting married in a garden. We wouldn't have to cut them at all. The dream. <laughs> but that's not an option for everyone. There are city weddings where yes. you can have your ceremony. Or, you know, rainy in days. In a meadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are weather concerns. Yeah. So obviously for the most environmentally conscious option possible, we would all forgo cut flowers entirely and go for living plants and herbs and greenery and things like that. Luckily, those things are very trendy as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously... For most brides, and I totally understand it, you're definitely going to want a beautiful bouquet. And I don't begrudge you that at all. But maybe something like centerpieces you could try, potted herbs, greenery. Yes. 
succulents, something like that. Yeah. Again, just to do a compromise on it. Yeah, because live plants or potted herbs and things like that, you can rent them often or you can give them to your guests afterwards as gifts or favours. So they'll get a second airing as well, which is really nice. Whereas cut flowers often tend to go in the bin. You did that at your wedding. I did. And I didn't know I was allowed to take them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, see, this is why we have to give directions. <laughs> this is to why people. we need the signage. I clearly didn't yeah. understand anything <laughs> that was going on at your wedding. And it's really nice now because we go to someone's house and it's three years later and someone's like, There's your rosemary. It's a huge bush now. And I'm like, Oh, that's really lovely. It's like our wedding rosemary. Yeah. There's something really nice, even in a like very mystical way about that like that your wedding is like living on in someone's home like, yeah it's really nice that. yeah it's lovely so it's definitely a good option to think about particularly for the decor elements if you don't want to ditch flowers entirely which again we totally understand talk to your florist about sourcing locally grown flowers that are in season so many florists now operate with that ethos already mm. on board so yeah. many florists really really are you know more knowledgeable than us or yeah. probably you about um how gardening affects the environment and mm. what plants the bees love and what plants the bees need um so they will have ideas for you they will know exactly what you can get seasonal and locally yeah. and they'll be able to offer you options so i definitely would say don't cut out flowers from your wedding at all no but just find someone who operates an ethos that I guess aligns with yours yeah. and ask them you know what would you suggest here's kind of what I was thinking of going for a couple of pieces maybe a bouquet mm-hmm. maybe two or three maybe a boutonniere whatever um, see what they come up with and um, probably they will have better ideas than even me or Claire or yeah. you will have I found it really surprising we all think of flowers being shipped in from Holland or whatever mm. but actually in Ireland in the UK there are incredible flower farms yeah. that are producing stunning flowers so it's definitely worth approaching some of them some of them also offer floristry or talking to your florist about using flowers that are just from local flower farms lads it's october and i could make a bouquet out of my garden right now there you go so that's maybe another thing is if you have someone who's a gardener Mm. and who has a beautiful garden ask them maybe if they would take on i wouldn't say give them your whole wedding that would be too much pressure for them but maybe ask them if they could do one thing like maybe the flower girl's posy yeah or maybe one or two little sprigs of something for a centerpiece yeah something like that my dad made my bouquet for my civil wedding and it was really nice and it was from our garden at home and it made it so much more you special you are Meghan Markle <laughs> I was thinking that we're basically Meghan Markle when we're doing our style <laughs> segment but now I know it's just you yes actually that's what I was going to say when I was gushing about your cake but thank you the best cake of all time (laughs) it was Selena made this beautiful cake that Mm -hmm. I failed to articulate earlier for Meghan and Harry's wedding we had a viewing party and it was modelled on their actual cake it was was lemon elderflower yes and had a vegan coconut cream buttercream Mm-hmm. And it was stunning. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and if I had been gardening at the time, I'm in my new house now with my yes. garden, I could have used elderflower from my garden. Oh, and decorated it in fresh flowers. Taking it to the next level. Yes. We'll have to have another one. Definitely. Just for that another, purpose. Another royal wedding. And one last thing before we move on from flowers is to talk to your florist about what will happen to them after the wedding. So you might be able to donate them to a local hospital or hospice or charity 
there's a lot of organisations out there who do take flowers. I know there's different rules in different hospitals yeah. and places, but it's worth talking to your florist and asking if there's anything they can do. They will probably already be aware of some of these organisations, yeah. and if they're not, they'll probably be open to it. So you can definitely do your own research. Yeah, that's a really lovely and again a lovely way to like help some of the beautiful elements of your wedding live on and have a second life after your big day. Yeah, definitely. And again, finding a florist who's up for doing that is all part of finding like-minded suppliers Mm. who will share your ethos about making your day a little bit greener. And more time goes on, the more readily available those suppliers are. There are so many of them now in Ireland and the UK and beyond, so you definitely will be able to find someone who thinks exactly like you do on the subject. Yeah. So decor then. Yes. This is a great one for reusing and borrowing. Yes. We've talked before about how easy it is to tap your friends for things like lighting ribbons bunting centerpieces a lot of people buy for their wedding nowadays so they still have the things afterwards Mm. candle holders so it's worth raiding their shed or their attic and seeing what they have yeah like some couples i know have gone out and bought like a hundred sets of cutlery you know sometimes if you're really really interested in having one specific visual element you will make that leap and buy it we have a hundred napkins if anyone's on the lookout you see and these things are so easy to borrow and the couple will be delighted because they'll be like I've actually been feeling really guilty that they've been sitting in boxes yeah we'll give them to anyone who asks (laughs) yeah 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 so that's a great idea also you could ask your venue sometimes venues will have um well they'll have decor that they will offer to give you anyway yeah sometimes a possibility but if you ask they might say well actually you know we do have a couple of bits lying around if you tell them kind of what you're looking for yeah it's always worth a few venues i visited had a room that was basically like where all the leftover remains of other people's weddings were yeah and actually if you got a bit creative you could really style it out and make something really cool with them and you might be desperately looking for the exact thing that's in that Mm. room so it's definitely worth asking yeah you can also rent a lot of really great decor and sometimes it can be hard when you initially do your searches you're just throwing up these very generic rental companies Mm. that offer kind of boring plain things you've seen to death yeah but if you get in touch with some stylists in your area they'll often rent out some of their props Mm. so that's definitely worth doing thrifting is another way to find great decor if you're confident in the kind of style you're going for in your space you might be able to bring it down to like two or three statement pieces mm-hmm. so like a neon sign or a vintage sign or you know maybe a bicycle with a floral arrangement or something yeah. like that and you should be able to source those things if not from your own life or your friends or family's possessions yeah uh, from a thrift store from those rental companies always have gorgeous stuff like that, that they rent out for movies things like that yeah yeah um, so it's definitely worth if you have a very strong visual in mind and you know exactly what you want yeah you should be able to find it in um, a good thrift store yeah we've had a lot of couples on the site who do things like over the course of their engagement and they've everyone they know on the lookout yeah. and they buy up like a bunch of vintage candle holders or plates or jam jars or whatever it is and they put the word out yeah and that way they manage to source you know a hundred of something that they would have seemed ridiculous to source (laughs) yeah you know six months later but if they you give yourself enough time yeah you should be able to again as you mentioned with maybe like the vintage signs and things like that it's worth investing in decor that you'll use in your home 
afterwards so say we bought festoon lights but now they're hanging in our garden and they were a lot of money at the time for one day it seemed silly we should have rented them at the time but now we enjoy those lights year round so they weren't a wedging purchase really they were a purchase for our house yeah I've seen um, a lot of couples buy things like a trolley to put their cake on that then yeah. becomes part of their home decor mm. um, yeah like I mentioned things like mirrors and signs and like there's loads of stuff that you can justify if you genuinely know it's going to fit yes. in your house like obviously don't tell yourself that like a crystal chandelier for your ballroom is <laughs> gonna fit in your sitting room because yeah. it might not yeah or I love friends of ours made these uh, centerpieces out of copper piping oh, candle holders and it's really nice because you go to the odd person's house and it's someone who pinched one and you see them on fireplaces around among our friends and it's really nice to see them get a second life now they were not supposed to be pinched oh, I've seen them in at least two <laughs> friends houses maybe, maybe they gifted to them afterwards but I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to take those did yeah. you take one I didn't take one but other people definitely they did. are beautiful though yeah. but yeah if you just think long term there's mm. definitely ways to have the decor you always wanted but give it a second life yes um, there have over recent years and we're seeing a bit less of it now been trends like balloon releases or just having lots of foil balloons sky lanterns were another one that we saw a lot of but it's worth thinking about them they can be quite harmful to the environment and to local wildlife depending on how you dispose of them so maybe give them a second thought yeah anything that you release um, and you don't know where it goes there's always um, a big alarm bell that goes off for me because it could land in a tree it could obliterate a nest like you don't know where it's going you don't know what's going to happen yeah um and if you talk to anyone involved in wildlife they'll tell you like we don't want you doing that please so definitely think twice before you do those yes likewise with all the other elements just look at things like plastic ribbons and things like that where you can cut plastic out and there's an easy alternative Mm. and things like candles look for non-toxic uh for confetti look at biodegradable glitter Oh yes. Your number one favourite product <laughs> by the glitter. glitter. <laughs> Claire brings it to every event. Yes, but I'm very strict. It's only biodegradable <laughs> glitter. <laughs> um but you know, these are very, very small tweaks that you make. They're not gonna make a difference to your full wedding budget at the no, end of the day. They might only cost all. a few pennies extra. Yeah. Um but again it's worth doing. And obviously again, not everything on this list you're gonna do, but so many of them are really easy to do really easy swaps to make yeah and I think just in general there's a lot of stuff that comes with weddings like oh the stuff we talk about like buying a pair of socks that say bridesmaid for every bridesmaid or having those like champagne glasses that have a glitter Mr. and Mrs. on them yeah and like if you're mad for them by all means go for it but for every like plastic sash and veil with like L plates flashing in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's more plastic. It's more stuff. It's more waste. You're probably not going to use it again. And it's worth just always keeping that in mind every time you like see something in deals and you're like, oh, I might pick that up for the wedding. Do you really need it? Yeah, that's a major question to ask yourself. Do I need it? And further to that, is there a better alternative? Mm. Um, and that's what we're all about in this episode. Yeah, we haven't discussed hen parties yet. But we did throw a pretty eco-friendly hen party on the beach. Yes. And it wasn't necessarily because the bride was very focused on being eco-friendly. It was just that that was her 
vibe. She's yeah, a she's very, a bit of a hippie. Yeah, she loves like a very low key moment. Mm. Um, so we had um a picnic on the beach. Yeah, and we got some vegan, I believe. Did yeah, we get it was vegan catering? Vegan. Yeah. Um, that was amazing, and we had a very yeah. low key hen night in someone's house. Yeah, minimal decor, minimal travel, and it didn't impact at all on the fun that was had. One of the guests cycled there and home for she Christ's did. sake. I didn't even realize yeah. how sustainable that hen party was. And we all wore harem pants that we somehow all owned. <laughs> yeah, because we specifically wanted it to be a really comfy hen party. Yeah, again, so there was no new dresses. I know a lot of people want the sash. Yeah, totally get it. Yeah. But yeah, again, it's just worth thinking about a couple of swaps that can be made. Yeah, definitely. We should talk about beauty. Yes, this is an area that I actually find quite easy to make swaps Mm. in. So I have cruelty freed most of my life. (laughs) Some of my life. I can't say most of my life. Most of my products that I use. Yeah. And I find comparing that to trying to guilt-free my wardrobe it was much 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 easier yeah i think the beauty industry is a bit ahead of the fashion industry and the information is just so much easily so much more easily accessible yeah so definitely talk to your makeup artist and hairstylist and ask if there are any cruelty-free swaps they can make in the products they probably will already be using cruelty-free products and even if they've never thought of it before or been asked it before um there are loads of websites that are really helpful in um helping them figure it out yeah and it's not as niche as you think a lot of the big brands are actually cruelty free yeah uh, my personal favorite website is called cruelty free kitty and they are constantly updating because some brands go from testing on animals to not testing on animals Mm. to back again yeah so they always have updated lists on there that's a really good one to use or to ask hairstylist or makeup artist to check out yeah and again if you're having any pre-wedding treatments manicures things like that there's always cruelty free options so again it's worth doing a bit of research into the salons you choose and what products they use there yeah this is yeah a nice easy swap to make in a lot of cases you had a cruelty free manicure was it? I did a vegan, a vegan manicure and pedicure. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't have noticed the difference at all. Like that's, that's good. That's the beauty of this whole cruelty-free beauty thing, is uh, that like I don't feel hard done by. There's no product in my life that I really miss because I've swapped it for something else. Yes, there are so many products on the market that you always will find something you like, and it might take you a few attempts, but it would take you a few attempts anyway. Yeah, and it's affordable swap to make as well. It really is. I think I've actually saved money somewhere along the line. Oh. Yeah. So gifts and favours then. This yes. might sound like an area to just completely wipe from your <laughs> wedding. Yeah. In theory, if you're trying to be more sustainable, but mm. actually there are ways you can use your favours for good. Yes. So we have features on the site for charity wedding favours in Ireland and we have another one for favours in the UK and it gets so much traffic. Really so there's definitely a lot of couples that are interested in that. So obviously you could give to maybe an environmental charity or an anti-slavery charity but you can also just give to a charity that means something to you that has resonance with you and your Mm. other half and that's a really nice way rather than buying 180 pieces of plastic (laughs) yeah and then you can you know sometimes a charity will have a pre-made little card that you can put on each table and say instead of a favor we've donated to xyz or you could make your own or you could pop it if you didn't want to use um extra paper you could pop it in the wedding website or something like that as well it's really nice yeah i've also seen a few eco-friendly couples give out seed packets or bee bombs which is really good yeah i really like those that's a nice touch um i have taken those home from events before and planted them i'm still waiting for the seeds to come up but it's only been a few months so there's calm down there yes (laughs) 
on the subject of charity, you can also ask for charitable donations instead of gifts from your guests. Yeah, we were at a wedding where they did that and I felt so good taking my money out of my card and yeah. putting it in the box for the charity. I know yeah. that's sounds maybe a bit silly, but like it was a real like boost for me. Like I loved they did that. Yeah. No, it was really nice. And as well, a lot of gift registries offer the option of having both a few gifts and having a charitable donation. And a lot of guests will end up buying you maybe a smaller gift and giving you the charity donation. So you get a bit of both. Yes. Last time I used a gift registry, I did a 75% gift, 25% charity donation, which I think was a nice little extra thing. And the couple obviously endorsed it. They had put it on their registry. So they were happy and I was happy. Yeah. No, it's a lovely touch. If you are having more traditional favours, it's a nice idea to look for something that's made locally and supports a small business or maybe DIYing something yourself, like making your own jam. Things like that are a nice way to give a traditional favourite without buying up something that none of your guests will use. Even if there's a reusable element, like I was at a wedding where the bride's dad made those um, coasters that are made of slices of wood. Oh, nice. And they were the favourite and I use them all the time. That's where I keep my whiskey glasses. Oh, lovely. So there are very sweet personal things you can do that your guests will take home and reuse and you'll get to feel like there was no waste involved in your favourites at all. Yeah. And then if you think of the gifts that you might be giving your other half, Mm. your bridesmaids, your mum, your groomsmen, it's worth taking a step back and thinking about what you're going to give them as well. Again, this is another area where a lot of people end up like throwing money and stuff at the problem so they'll make up a little hamper but it'll have a lot of like plasticky bits in it and while that might be really nice I think spending a bit more or putting all your money into one one thing that's really thoughtful and maybe it's like a piece of fair trade jewelry or a voucher for a nice meal yes something like that that's a little bit less wasteful is always a good idea that you could support a worthy business as much as i think it's really cute when like the bridesmaids get a little like wedding survival or hangover kit or whatever yeah that tends to be the kind of stuff that you really panic by at the last minute and you just throw a load of stuff in your cart and again if you really want to do that absolutely do it no judgment but if you are actively looking for ways to cut down on this stuff that's involved in your wedding that's a good one to maybe think "Mm, could I maybe instead arrange for all the bridesmaids to have a manicure together yeah exactly yeah a vegan manicure even (laughs) if you want to go another step further if you're going to be spending whether it's 20 ahead 50 ahead on each person anyway just try and think about where that money's going and put it to some good Obviously, we're not suggesting that you cancel your trip to Thailand. Absolutely not. And spend your honeymoon in West Cork. Although that would be fabulous. That sounds lovely. But it is just worth thinking twice when you're booking your honeymoon. Obviously, we're not suggesting that you don't ever do long haul travel. Um, But for a lot of couples, you know, their honeymoon is a once in a lifetime thing. They don't Mm. do long haul um, airplane journeys that often. And you could totally justify it. I totally get it. Yeah. I think there's ways to offset it. So mm. obviously you can make a carbon footprint offset donation. Yes. Um, which is a really nice way to do it. Or you can use a travel agent that maybe includes that in their fee or that specializes in responsible travel. And that way you're ensuring that the things that you do do on your honeymoon are making a positive impact yeah and definitely do a little bit of research on the area you're going to because i know there can often be like controversy and conflict going on in that region and there might be human rights lawyers calling for people to 
not support tourism in that area yeah. or whatever just have a look um, do a Google News on it and just yeah. see kind of where the land lies. I mean, do proper research. Just don't just Google it. And say, oh, I couldn't <laughs> possibly go to the Maldives. Um, but if you're willing to, you know, read a few articles on it. Yeah. That's definitely worth doing. And when you get to your location as well, if you can support local businesses, that's yeah. a really, really big thing. Yeah, because obviously there's a, a school of thought that says that you shouldn't be flying long haul but also there's lots of destinations that depend on tourism Absolutely. to bring money to the area so if you are going somewhere like that spending locally buying from a producer there rather than going to like the mass tourist shop yeah is definitely a good way to ensure that people are being paid fairly and that the right people are getting your money while you're there yeah and think about something like accommodation or your resort as well if you're going on a resorty kind of honeymoon yeah most really popular honeymoon destinations will have loads of options across resorts yeah and most of them will have at least one or two eco resorts and you can really yeah. go deep on them and figure out you know what their ethos is i stayed in an eco resort in vietnam and it was one of the best things i've ever done yeah. it was a real like amazing like you would watch them catch the fish and then it would yeah. be served to you it was also like really really a different experience yeah it's such a nicer experience because you're often a lot more up close to how people live there or to the local mm. wildlife so it is definitely a more immersive holiday yeah and it was fun as well i mean obviously there was a barman called tintin who used to make us custom cocktails and ask us to guess what was in them oh. it was a delight so definitely um research that and there's lots of websites we can link a few as yeah. well that will help you figure out where the kind of more eco-friendly hotels and resorts are also if you're including a wildlife option say a lot of couples go on safari for their honeymoon or maybe if you're going to the amazon or some kind of rainforest definitely do your research with who you're traveling with Mm. and that it's a company that have as little impact Mm -hmm. on the environment when they go there again it's that kind of toss-up between these areas need tourism money but you don't want to be trampling all over vulnerable environments yeah i think the thing to say is that there are so many options and just to really take a bit of time and um, look through all the options and make the most ethical choice yeah um, is a great way to do it and if you're like I don't have time for this Claire <laughs> um, you can go to a travel agent an ethical one or a regular one and just ask them yeah. to do that research for you yeah Nadia Alfredisi when she was in for her honeymoon episode recommended Jakarta travel I think mm. um, and there's someone has travelled with before yeah, yeah. Uh, volunteerism used to be a way I think couples tried to give back with their honeymoons but now it's kind of been flagged that there can be issues around that. So yeah. again, that's another thing to just do a lot of research about. Think about the impact that you're having if you do that. Are you taking jobs away from local people? Are you teaching children English in a way that doesn't actually teach them English because yeah. you're not a qualified teacher? Yeah, exactly. Things like that. Um, just look into it. Again, we're not saying in a blanket way that you shouldn't do it, but it's just worth doing your research. Absolutely. Across all of these things um, relating to honeymoon and travel, I think research is key. And again, you know, you can definitely um, ask your partner to help if they're particularly interested in this. Ask your travel agent to do the research for you. Um, There are definitely ways to make smarter decisions, I think, on this stuff. While you're away as well, looking out for child exploitation is important. It might be really tempting to, I don't know, 
buy local crafts off a child on the street that's selling them. Yeah. But again, it's a if that child's making money, they're not in school. Um, and consider maybe donating to a charity that works in the area while you're there or yes. as part of your honeymoon like yeah. if you've got a certain budget and you do have your heart set on going to an area that you know is impoverished or has like a huge poverty problem um, you could still go there but you could maybe incorporate a small amount for your budget to donate to a charity and find you know a really really good reputable charity so yeah again all of this is just about being mindful throughout your honeymoon throughout your wedding planning and just thinking about the implications of every euro or pound or dollar that you spend yeah and one last tip for honeymoons is you don't need a whole new wardrobe no, you absolutely don't. The gram will understand <laughs> well, if you have the same bikini on three days in a row. The horror. <laughs> you, you'll be fine. Your yes. stories will still be amazing to me because I'll be watching them in Lady Dublin. <laughs> so I'll still be jealous of you. Yes, you won't be poking at the fact that the, the, the <laughs> no. red bikini's out again. I won't be appalled. No. So definitely that's another area where the stuff comes up and I think people feel like they have to have like a wifey for lifey like yes you know cabin luggage or whatever and like again look great crack you only get to buy it once in your life but if you're worried about budget in particular yeah and uh if you're thinking look how can i maybe just streamline my wedding and my honeymoon a little bit in terms of sustainability environmental impact that's definitely a way to do it is to try and get less of the stuff yes again actually nadia has a great video on her youtube channel about capsule packing which will be really helpful i think to a lot of people here which i tend to do and it does mean that you have to try everything on before you go which is a bit of a pain it takes a few hours and you're usually in a cold country trying on really like light clothes being like this is so sad um but it's really worth it it means you've less stuff to be carting around with you which is much more convenient as well yeah and the thing with honeymoons is a lot of couples end up packing in advance because they have a wedding in the middle so you will actually have time time to think about your packing Exactly. So we hope that has given you some inspiration. Yes. Um, as we've said, you're not going to do everything that no. we've mentioned and nor should you. No. But uh, hopefully there's a handful of ideas there you can take away. Yeah, definitely. It's all about taking a few, not getting stressed and bogged down and losing sleep over the rest and enjoying your day. Yeah. And if you have tips that we have left out, which I'm sure there are (laughs) millions on how to eco-proof your wedding, please let us know and we'll add them to our feature. I doubt this is the last time we'll be talking about this topic. One fab day, listener dilemmas. If there's one thing we've learned in all our years of writing about weddings, it's that the road to the big day doesn't always run smoothly. In this part of the show, we put our heads together to choose one of our listeners' burning dilemmas. And Selena, you've picked this week's question. I have. So this listener writes... I'm looking for some advice. My engagement ring and wedding band were given to me by my nanny or grandmother. I'm very close with her and she does not speak to an aunt of mine. It's not your standard fallout. They won't be in the same room together. I've been told by my family I have to invite my nanny and not my auntie. And I just need to tell my auntie that she can't come. I'm not sure what the best route to go here is. For other events, I've invited everyone and let them all decide who goes and who doesn't. But I feel a bit tied because of the rings and the fact that I'll be leaving from my nanny's house. Do you have any advice on how to approach the situation? I feel like I'm getting quite biased advice from family. Now, I'm sure you're getting very biased advice (laughs) from everyone in the family, so I wouldn't take their advice too seriously. The line that kind of put alarm bells for me is, I've been told by my family, I have to invite my nanny and not my aunt. And as much as I understand, like her listening and hearing her family that I've been told by them I have to invite is just 
not okay in my book it's Mm. your wedding and you should invite who you want to have there that said I wouldn't be surprised if this listener said that they really are prioritising their grandmother over their aunt because of the sentimental attachment with her providing the rings and perhaps she's always dreamed of getting ready in her grandmother's house on the day of the wedding yeah um so if you genuinely are like listen she's my grandmother and as much as I don't like to prioritize my relatives I have to yeah you know give her first dibs on the wedding in this case I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the case it sounds like she's kind of come to that decision and she's just yeah. wondering how to chat to her to about do it. it. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, my first tip would be it's your day, not theirs. So try and make your decision independently. But if you have chosen not to have your aunt, I think you just have to be upfront. Ideally do it in person. Call over to her for a cup of tea and explain why you can't ask her to be there on the day. Yeah. And you had a great idea, Claire, as well, which is go into the conversation with a plan already for yeah. a way that you can celebrate your wedding with her yeah um look i'm sure she understands the situation there's obviously a huge rift there between the two of them she probably already knows this is coming um but i think she might be really relieved or touched to know that you've already thought about and considered and planned that you want to have a dinner with her um you know two days before the wedding a week before a week after whatever it is yeah. to have a special celebration with her that you're reaching out to her and saying listen I know this is a really crummy situation but I want to um, celebrate with you in whatever way I possibly can yeah without upsetting everyone else in my life yeah absolutely I know someone who couldn't have someone at their wedding for family reasons and then organized a dinner with her husband and this person and their husband and she wore her wedding dress and they went for like a private dinner in a hotel and she said it was really special and really lovely and they had their own celebration and it was all very transparent and everyone knew why that person couldn't be at the wedding and it was okay like we can't tell you how your aunt's going to react or your granny or your granny but hopefully she'll understand that this divide is not your fault you haven't done anything Mm -hmm. to bring it on but that between their row they've essentially put you in an awkward position and you've just had to make a call and I think there's something to be said for the fact that both of them might be a bit relieved to know that they're not forcing their argument or their rift on you. Yeah. And if you are able to say to your granny, listen, um, I've sorted everything out with my aunt and I'm going to go for a nice dinner with her afterwards. And you can say the same to your aunt about the granny. You know, listen, she has to be involved in my day, but um, really, really sad you can't make it that hopefully will alleviate any guilt on their part because they probably don't want you getting involved in the family drama that really you're probably too young to even remember what it was all about (laughs) yeah I think your aunt will realise why you have to prioritise your granny we are gathered here in the sight of God and his casino to join Homer and Marge in holy matrimony beautiful next Now step away from the spreadsheets. We've come to the part of the podcast where we urge you to ditch the wedding planning if only for a night a week and do something fun, productive, mindless. The only rule is it's entirely unrelated to your wedding. Now, Claire, you have chosen this week's activity, which I am partaking in as well. Yes. Shocker. (laughs) I swear we uh, don't see each other We have lives outside of each other, but only just. Rarely. Um... So my idea this week is to plan something special for someone else. That could be a baby shower, a birthday lunch, a coffee morning and work for a charity. I think when you're planning a wedding, you become really absorbed in it. And there is a risk of it becoming a little bit all about you. Mm -hmm. And 
I think spending time okay yeah it's planning another event I'm not saying plan like a gala birthday party no something fun and easy and with not a lot of effort but a little bit of thought is really nice and a way of thinking about someone else for a few days I love this idea because just imagine the relief of going oh I have to plan another event oh but it's a coffee morning for the local hospice and literally I just have to send out two emails and bake one cake and that's yeah, it done hang a bit of bunting um, so it's definitely going to be a way to kind of give yourself something else to focus on especially during that time in wedding planning where like you don't have that much to be doing there's a big yeah, bit in the middle often yeah. where you're like oh, I have made all the decisions I can I have a few months free I kind of don't want to be googling dresses now that I've ordered my own yeah and driving myself mad with options it's a good time to do that I think it's a nice way as well maybe particularly with a birthday party to show your friends that you're like still involved in their lives and you haven't made it all about Mm. you and it's not like a year leading up to your wedding is like your year you're not (laughs) co-opting the entire 18 month period um so we have organized a very non baby shower baby shower it's for just a lunch it's just a, a lunch, baby guys. adjacent lunch just a lunch with a baby bouncer <laughs> as a gift and yeah it's gonna be awesome we've kept it very refined yes no tat no tat just some beautiful artis- artisanal african bunting yes yeah that our friend is gonna hang in the baby's Shipped room after from a fair trade organization i love it a very scandy looking baby bouncer from france i think from france yeah, yeah. Um, and we have kept it to those two purchases and then we're all going to bring a dish yeah. to a pal's house. It's going to yeah. be lovely. Yeah, so we're really combining everything from this episode. It's both a sustainable gathering and it includes this week's recommendation. I love it. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We hope today's episode has inspired you to be a little more mindful in your wedding planning. And we love hearing from you guys, fielding your questions, listening to your feedback, etc. So if you've got something to say, please do get in touch. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or DM us on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. As ever, we'd be massively grateful if you could rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to tell everyone you know in real life to listen to us too. And one last thing, be sure to click on over to onefabday.com after this episode has finished playing. Selena and I type furiously over there on the daily. And this month we've got some pretty special real weddings, gorgeous new dress collections and the coolest new venues you need to check out, along with all the other planning bits too. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.